0: Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 24. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have had to endure. God is treating you as sons, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet, that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Then no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. For you have not come to what you may be touched, a blazing fire of darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. Even if a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gatherings and to the assembly of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you, from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from the epistle to the Hebrews in chapter 12 that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, Get Back Where We Belong. Today's lesson starts with last week's conclusion in the letter to the Hebrews by author unknown, which says... Last week's conclusion becomes this week's introduction that we must look back to to move forward with a powerful imagery of God's will under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in today's lesson. So, get back with me. Man, what a great Beatles song, yeah? Don't worry, I'm not going to start singing, and I can collectively hear the sighs of relief from all of our eighth graders in faith that have heard me sing enough for this week. But do we need to get, but we do need to get back, don't we? We need to get back to where we belong, and where we really belong is with our Father in heaven. Oh, it's going to be a battle, let me tell you. Don't worry, I read the end of the book. We win, and as I told you last week, there is hope for the future. But if we think the devil and his minions are going to lay down without a fight, well, you better think again. A cornered bear fights the hardest. A surprised snake strikes the quickest. And a praying mantis, backed up against the wall, are not raising those four legs to utter a prayer to God. They're getting ready to strike even the biggest foe for obstructing their escape. So it's going to be a spiritual battle the likes of which many of us do not see coming. But God does. And the fact of the matter is he has been preparing us for this battle from the very moment of our spiritual inception in baptism. First, God reminds us not to take his discipline lightly. We have been learning in 1 Samuel on our Monday Bible and Devotion Hour that Saul did just that. Saul, the first king of Israel, in chapter 13, the prophet Samuel gave Saul clear directions to wait before a battle seven days, and Samuel would give a sacrifice to curry the Lord's favor before the battle. Unfortunately, Saul grew impatient and defied God's orders through Samuel and made the sacrifices himself. And of course, right when he was making the sacrifices, Samuel appears saying, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw the people were scattering for me and the Philistines had mustered at Michmash, I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. I offered burnt offerings. The Lord said what to do and Saul said, so what? I'm going to do what I want to do. Oh, how short is the memory of Saul. God led Gideon against a force of 135,000 men with just 300 men, only 40 years before Saul's birth. Now Saul had 600 against 36,000 Philistines. Did he really think God could not do it again? These lessons from of old make sure we never forget the forbearance of our heavenly father who has everything under control, even when it feels like chaos rules and the malcontents are running amok years ago, I heard the story of a little girl and her older brother that lived out in the country. Now, those of you that lived in old country houses know that many were built in such a way that the kitchen window could survey most, if not all, of the property. This gave the mother a full view of the outside area while she was still able to make sure breakfast, lunch, dinner, and supper were all ready for the field hand's when they came in. Well, one day this little boy and his little sister were playing with a town boy who had a bit of a reputation for being ornery. The mother knew this, but also knew her son needed a little toughening up. So she let him come to play under her careful eye from the kitchen. Well, the day went as expected with their ornery boy who picked on the brother while they played, the mother did not intervene because she wanted him to figure out how to manage said conflict. Unfortunately, his feisty little sister did not see it that way. And in her frustration of witnessing her brother's abuse, found a rather large branch, large for her at least, and picked it up and walked over to the ornery boy and boop, knocked him right on the head. Now, it didn't hurt him. And the mother, witnessing it all from the window, knew as much refraining from intervening as the little Henri boy pretty much had it coming. Then things got interesting. The Henri bully was insulted that this little impish girl would dare accost him and proceeded to wrench the stick away from her and cock the stick back, preparing for a mighty swing back at the little girl. And that's when it got really Really interesting, a voice like the rushing of a thousand winds boomed from the window of the kitchen, and the mother, finally realizing they reached the point of no return, intervened, shrieking, you put that stick down right now, young man, and he did. Oh, how often we are the impish little girls that just want to take matters into our own hands and then find ourselves in a battle with the devil himself, ready to destroy us for getting down in the dirt with him and playing by his rules. God admonishes us today to avoid this weak path that leads us into theaters of contempt and degradation to our souls when the patient, loving path was safely under his control with the battle he has more than disciplined us for but even when we venture out from under the safe pinions of his protection, he still gathers us as his chicks safely under his wings again. Today, we have lost so many members of our flock and thanks be to God, he has already set in motion a plan to bring them back. Pastor Spath came to me some time ago and noticed there were many who did not come back after we were apart due to COVID restrictions. So he committed to going to them home by home, and personally encouraging them to come back to the disciplined and protective life under the cross of Christ. That means bringing them back to Bible devotion and prayer group studies, bringing them back to Lutheran worship with Christ at the center in the sacrament of Holy Communion for the forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of their faith, bringing them back to our family fellowship community and care under Christ back to sharing the gospel so we can bring even more back for Christ's sake and to the glory of God. Back so we can sit under the cross where our Savior Jesus died for our sins and see the tomb that he walked out of alive so he could bring us back to his and our Heavenly Father who lost us because of our sins. It had been years since she had been back in church. I'd been there just a few years when I saw her for the first time in church. The church had been without a pastor for a couple of years before I arrived and many were coming from all over the county to see what I was going to be like as the newest Lutheran pastor in a county with just three Lutheran churches. One, the big one, was an Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. The other was a smaller, but still bigger than ours, Wisconsin Synod Lutheran Church. And ours, St. Peter's, was the smallest, barely holding on by a thread as a ministry at all. Now, early on, we grew quickly because the area was exploding with new homes and because our sanctuary was so tiny, I had to add a new service. And after that got going, I was asked to start another service. Only this time, They all wanted the old Lutheran red hymnal service added because no churches in the area had that service, save one on the opposite side of the river and on the beach almost an hour and a half away and another county away from us. I was cool with that because I knew it growing up and could easily lead it and incorporate it into what we were already doing. As soon as we had that service up and running, well, that's when I saw her. Now, you couldn't miss her. She's over six foot tall, had almost bleach blonde hair, and a short modern cut. But that wasn't what got my attention. What got my attention is that she was crying while we worshipped that old page 5 and 15 service from the old red hymnal. People cry a lot around me, so I rarely ask why. I just let them come to me as they need to and address it the best way they see fit. And eventually, in Bible study, she confessed why that service that she always attended made her cry. You see, it was that service that she sat next to her grandmother in when she was a little girl. Mom and dad didn't go, so she went with grandma. And when grandma died, she didn't have anyone to go with anymore until she heard we were doing that service at St. Peter's. That right there told her it was time to get back. I don't know what you needed to be here today. Only you do. But whatever it was, God used it to help you get back. So as we continue to get God connected to those who need to get back, maybe the reason you are here is the reason some you love will come here and get back under Christ's cross because you asked them to. So let's get back Where we all belong together for Him. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.